It's time now for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teols. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter, at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com, and please subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. I'm sitting here Saturday, May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. I'm wearing my Chewbacca t-shirt. Watching the results of PinFest. Rooting for Julie Dorsers, who did amazing. She was the top female finisher and won a beautiful trophy from Mrs. Pin. Congratulations on your top 10 finish, Julie. Right now, they're in the semifinals. Steven and Jason Zoller, Alexander Kazmarchuk, Elliot Keith, Joe Lemaire, Bowen Karens, Jack Tabin, and Jerry Bernard. Best of luck to each of you. I'm putting together this massive show in which I've taken interviews from so many different events. You'll hear that coming up on the next episode, episode 195, which will also come out today. But this was one of the pieces and I thought, you know what? I don't want this to get buried. It's some interesting conversations that I had with a pinball wizard. Before Pin Masters and before the Nationals here in Las Vegas, it's the Amusement Expo and Stern is here and Rothrills and oh, I've got a Sharp, but don't worry, I've got the good one. I've got the good one. Roger Sharp is here. Hello, Roger. How are you? I am good. How are you doing? I'm good. It's nice to see you here. I mean, have you ever thought about how many of these shows you've been to over the years? Uh, I've stopped counting after about 30. What was the first one like? You know, it's interesting. The first one was actually AMOA. It was a fall show in Chicago at the Hilton. AOE, which was the Amusement Operators Expo, started in New Orleans. AAMA, like people need to know all of this stuff. Oh, there'll started, be a test after. Yeah, really. Started a year later in the spring to try to knock out AOE, which was started by Playmeter. And that was the year of Centaur, just before Centaur's Firepower. Firepower was a game on display by Williams. So whatever, whatever happened to that Steve Ritchie guy who made that game? What's I he don't been doing? Know. I, I heard that he was coming out of retirement. He was he was brandishing some swords. I don't know exactly what that means, but uh, yes. I can only imagine what the shows are like now because obviously when I walk through here, there's certainly a lot of redemption games. There's a lot of oh, yeah. video games. What was it like back then? So we're in the convention center. By the way, I, when I say back then, it's not like it was before I was born either. No, but it was during black and white TV, I'm sure. All right, okay. <laughs> but in all seriousness, if, if anybody has ever gone to the Las Vegas Convention Center, the main hall, which yeah. is over there, which is like 12 times bigger than this. That's what the coin-op industry used to stage and show. Oh. You could never have fit everything into here. This is like a tent. So think of IAPA, yeah, which well, I know you've been in. Yeah, yeah. IAPA in scope and scale. Not just that one quarter of the hall, which is dedicated to coin-op. And you had all the major manufacturers, pinball video, novelty, jukeboxes, the list goes on and on and on. That entire hall, you'd walk in and it'd be like, oh my God, here it is. It's Fantasyland. Roger, is that more of a reflection of which show to choose versus the times? Because IAPA is huge. Nobody ever did IAPA then. We had two shows. We had a spring show and we had the fall AMOA. Those were the two. And when AMA and AOE were able to bury the hatchet, it became a single, ooh, sorry, a single spring show. There used to be two spring shows. I guess people right now are picking one over the other and IAPA might be the show to do, is that? There's been seeing? some There's been some debate from what I've been hearing and I'm aware of, which is whether or not this is a valid show because it follows so closely to IAPA. And a lot of the people don't bring necessarily newer stuff so much as it is, hi, it's now finished and final from what I showed you 
six months ago, five months ago. And I think that it's two different customer bases, admittedly, in terms of IAPA, much grander in scale and scope, as you know. Inflatables, amusement parks, sure. 12D, Virtual experiences, reality. all of it. Yeah. And, and here we are as a small pocket of companies where about space races you're not going to see here. That's okay. their marketplace for theme parks. With pinball companies, we're seeing releases. I bet you in 2019 we see a release almost every month when you look at all the different I, companies. I agree, but the problem that you have then is who is concentrating on the commercial operator? Stern Pinball obviously is. Lo and behold, there's only one other manufacturer on the floor, Chicago Gaming. Yeah. Jersey Jack isn't here. Uh, spooky isn't here because that's more for the collector market. It's more well, for yeah, the enthusiasts. more boutique and, and the size right. of their operation. But I'm just saying, what I would think would be a surprise for most, Chicago Gaming, really? They're just doing remakes and things. Well, yeah, but their production numbers are significant. The market penetration that they have is truly amazing given the last three, four years of them finding some level of permanence. Okay, Roger. Yes, the first three games have been remakes. What's stopping them from creating their own game? I mean, they've now got a pretty good bankroll with those things. Why can't they do their own game? Maybe you'll be seeing something that's original from them coming somewhere down the road. Why is in this video you're winking? You got something <laughs> in your eye, Roger? What's going on? <laughs> I do. It must be some dirt. <clears throat> Speaking but of dirt, how is Josh? <laughs> I saw him briefly. You know, I came to see him. Roth Rills, he's already gone. Yep. He's got to prepare for... The Nationals tomorrow. No, he didn't make the Nationals. Zach beat him. He, so that's right. He so did you not. have your Zach sign already for tomorrow. I, I'm hoping. Yes. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if a sharp can do something. Uh, and then you know they've talked me into doing my thing on Friday and Saturday. So I'll play You and I might be in the same. Masters. That's it's right. Kind of scary. Yeah. It'll be yeah. good. They just want to give me grief. <laughs> see an old man play. Okay, Roger. Forget this old man thing because I'm called an old man too, and it drives me nuts. Just to. Yeah, no, I'm used to it. Anyway, yes. the new games here. Every game I'm looking at here, I see Star Trek, I see Deadpool, Iron Maiden. Uh, let's take that one out for a second. Star Wars, Monsters and Beetles. Yes. They all have something that you didn't have back in the day on that little lock bar called an action button. Yep. So, Although we did on a couple of games. A couple. Riverboat. Come on, do we have to talk? I love Dwight Sullivan. I, I was playing Riverboat with him on the weekend, but uh, yeah, I, it was just there. I don't have to keep playing that. No, 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 no. They made me, their I money. I can make right. fun of Riverboat now, yes. can I? So okay. make your point. Yes. So we have action buttons. What do you think? It's okay. I've sometimes never asked you about this. Sometimes I feel that it's an intrusion for me as a player. I don't know if it's something that I should do or shouldn't do at the appropriate time. Yeah. Um, and I think for you know most of the competitive players out there. They have a feel for it. And I remember watching something where Zachary used his chin to actually press a button, whatever the game was. So I think that, you know, it can be a distraction. But if there's an end benefit to it, and as a design team, you can put in something more that you wouldn't be able to otherwise, then I think it's great. If it is something, however, where the balance and scales are out of whack, if you did or did not press it, then I feel that we're going a little bit over the deep end. Well, you know, I'll a personal opinion. Uh, How do you feel? When it first came out, I quite verbally hated it. <laughs> There's no sugarcoating it. I couldn't stand the idea of it. I'm coming around to it, and the more recent games, 
Munsters, you know, you're not bashing ridiculously. You see the zap button, you hit it once, one right. time. Right. I'm fine with the one-time hit. So am I. I'm fine with the cancellations. I'm fine with the boom on yep. Deadpool. And Star Wars, you know, when the TIE Fighters happen, you've got six seconds. You might not want to take your, both your hands off, but I've adjusted to it. Right. It's not the way I want it to go, but... I think they have dialed it back since Star Wars, but I do enjoy Star Wars now. It wasn't something at first I was like, God, what's next, a trackball? Gotcha, right. No, and I think that the integration, to your point, has gotten much more seamless so that there is a rationale for it rather than just a novelty ingredient. Yeah. So, you know, but I think to the point of this vast assortment of games, it does demonstrate that the marketplace is growing stronger for pinball, thank God. I'm glad to see it in my lifetime. And I think that, you know, ideally we're going to see better machines down the road. And I say better in regard to mechanical and technical reliability, better features, better integration of theme uh, into game rules. And my only thing now is whether or not, at least superficially, I walk up and have a basic understanding of what I want to do. And I think some of that is art. And not art as a person, but the artwork itself. Does it lead me into a direction? The cleanliness of, let's say, and again, going back to the other manufacturer on the floor, an attack from Mars, Monster Bash. You kind of see things seamlessly in terms of the string of events. With this, somebody had to explain to me, you know, Monster Millions or Madness or whatever. And I was just like, okay, so where am I going? What am I doing? Well, you have to just hit that again over here and then go back into the kick-out hole. And it's like, oh, okay, now I get it. Fine. And I have to complete all of the... Mon so think Monster Bash, Roger, and think of it in terms of the progression. Number of hits, number of revolutions, number of repetitiveness of shots for a given character. I know this is hypothetical. Yeah. And you and I talk enough that we don't talk about the shot heard around the world. But I'm going to bring it up right now because imagine that is in 2019 lawmakers have outlawed pinball and you get a brand new game that is pretty deep pick any one of these five games you'll get pick any one of those five games right. so let's play let's say iron maiden iron and maiden. you had to explain to that council how iron maiden worked and first of all pray that they ignored and listened to the music don't listen like turn the volume right. down because that would scare them enough could you be able to do what you did with a newer machine yes yeah i believe so you know what you said that with complete confidence I did only from the standpoint of geometry. Okay. Would they have understood it? Not that you wouldn't have been able to make the shots. Would you have been able to explain to them in layman's terms? No. Not to the, the same extent. Like the modes and right. the... No. No, I, I, I would absolutely need some unique machines to be able to do that. Where they could actually yeah. see it superficially. Yeah. Because on the surface, okay, I have all of this stuff that's going on. Well, and I have to hit this, and I have to do that, and if I do that three times, and I do that five, it, there, there is something that is much more complex, which I think, and it's interesting, maybe this is off topic, I think it's one of the aspects of not having broader acceptance of today's pinball out in the real world. There's a level of intimidation, a, a level good, a of point. ignorance as to what do I do. It's no longer easy when I used to do this for Williams Valley Midway of Trade Shows to be but, able to say, 
just shoot for the flashing light. Well, now okay. it's like, Roger, which flashing light? Okay, but you know what? In fairness, the same can be said about video games. Oh, when sure. I was playing video games as a kid, you had a stupid joystick that would break after five uses and a red button on an Atari 2600, and you'd have to go left, right, left, right to run, right. break the joystick. It was pretty simple. Right. So everything's gotten a little no, more ev- Everything, I think, absolutely naturally evolves. But I think, to get it back to the question, I, I believe that there would be a will, there would be a way. How I would do it, on what game that would be offered up, because I, I didn't make the selections back in 76. Those were just two blind things. Hi, here are the games. And contrary to some people who have speculated or stated it, I had played the games before. I did not hand select them. It wasn't like, oh my God, Roger was nervous because he had never played them before. What was he going to do? No, I mean, I was ready for, for anything back then. But I don't think that I would be the appropriate person these days. No, no. Going forward. 2019, hopefully I'm still here. <laughs> Roger, I'm going to stop this interview right now. Thanks very much. Hey, how much did you pay those guys back in the day? <laughs> oh, I forgot to press stop. Roger, <laughs> never mind. Don't answer. <laughs> Thanks, Roger. My pleasure. Thank you, sir. Up next on episode 195, the biggest pinball profile episode ever. Several interviews from different shows, different tournaments. I think you'll enjoy it coming up later today. This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com and please subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. I'm Jeff Teolis.